0: with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: Well, I'm super excited to have this interview tonight. We got Brian Deegan in studio. I think I've been trying to lock down this interview
0: since we've been on the radio. <laughs> How long has it been, Sean? A, a few months. Uh, no, he's you know, been on the radio. Oh, yeah, it's been like almost two years. So it's been two years. been a couple different times. <laughs> he's a busy dude. guy,
1: man. We're but glad I, that he's in studio with us today. I could tell you this, though. Now's the perfect time. I was thinking about today, Deegan, that uh, today's the perfect time for you to come in studio. Two years ago, where you were to where you're at now. I mean, this is this is you're a total different person, and uh, in a good way. It's like God's doing rad things with you. Um, rough, you know. I, I could clearly say that you're rough around the edges, like the rest of us. But um, you're going for it, and I think a lot of people get um, discouraged. You know, men like us that are that are out in the industry doing our thing and trying to walk with God, walking out our faith. Um, you're exposed to so much crazy stuff. It's so easy to fall back in this crazy lifestyle. But I could truly see you. And uh, you're going for it, and um, you're just letting your light shine in in this world. But um, I want to talk to you about your story. If you guys don't know who Brian Deegan is, I looked this up on Wikipedia, but it's old, but I'll just give it to you, and then we're going to get the real statistics from from Brian. His name is Brian Deegan. He was born May 9th, 1975. He's an American freestyle motocross rider professional and founder of the Metal Militia. You guys probably seen those clothing um, in stores all around the world. Deegan was the first ever to do a 360 in the competition. His He named the trick Militia Twist. It was the most decorated freestyle motocross rider in the X Games history with 10 medals, 3 gold, 7 bronze, and he is the only rider to complete compete in the, at least one event every X Games. How many medals do you really have, though?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's around uh, 16, I'd say. And now I started doing rally cars and trucks and all that. I, I'll be honest, they're in a pile. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to know, what do you uh, do with that stuff?
2: You know what? I've kind of bombed. I wish I would have every year put a picture of that year with that metal and a little frame and just put it away so I'd have memories of, of the past. But just to kind of tell you, the moments were awesome for sure, and right. I think they built kind of where I'm at now. But... It's in the end, there are little pieces of metal that are in a pile right now. <laughs> I know it's not the well, best. When you have that, what right? <laughs> when you do, you're like, <laughs> right?
0: What do I do with it? Just these throw things? it in the pile. Yeah, yeah, but I kept
2: them at least. Yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah, it's about the uh, moment at the time, you know.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to your kids a little later, but I, they're they're having the same problem right now too <laughs> yeah. with the medals. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, and stacking
2: trophies. Yep.
1: Well, dude, you didn't always grow up in uh, Southern California. Where'd you come from?
2: I grew up in Bellevue, Nebraska. It's a small town just outside of Omaha. It's uh, grew up. It's you know went to public school. Just kind of a normal, you know, normal life in in a small town. It, it was uh, cold in the winters and typical corn, you know, Nebraska style.
1: Like cornfield, cornfields, <laughs> corn, yeah. corn huskers. Yeah, yeah, that's corn it right field. there. I, I went yeah. through there one time. I mean, it's like been never been, to, never been people in North cali Black. they don't they don't understand what a small town yeah. is it's really like it's next level <laughs> yeah but then what's crazy is you got you grew up there and you were like i mean you are this dude that birthed this whole freestyle motocross sport mm-hmm. and so what was it like you how would you even get into riding out there
2: i mean it's a good question i mean a lot of people you know think about what i've done in the last you know so many years in sports and You think, why? Why did I come from a small town in Nebraska to ride dirt bikes uh, and make it to California to where I'm at today? Because really, I I haven't seen anyone else in the entire state of Nebraska, you know, kind of take the path I have. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's like one other guy that was awesome, motocrosser. But in the end, my point is, there was was, uh, growing up doing soccer and ball sports, and, and then I got it My neighbor just moved in from Europe, and he had a dirt bike, and I was like, it was so cool. I was like, that that guy was, he's a little older, he was probably, you know, I was probably eight, nine years old. He was in high school, so I looked up to him. You know, he had the, he was kind of the long hair, jean jacket, like, (laughs) kind of rocker dude, and. You know, I thought he was cool. Like yeah. all the girls liked him, and he <laughs> kind of looked up to this dude. And he and he raced motocross. You know, so I.
1: You're. All, I'm going to yeah, be Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, and so I always hung it's out at, at his house, and, and then I begged my dad for a dirt bike, and he got me uh, a motorcycle. And luckily, my neighbor, you know, my dad was you know worked during the day, so lucky my neighbor would take me riding, and just kind of hung out with him, and and and. I fell in love with the sport and I just wanted to win and super competitive. And uh, I was able to start winning locally. And then at that point, we knew we had to go to amateur nationals that, that were like uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida. And my dad, you know, took me to all those races. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in the end, I got to meet people from California and Florida and realize that. If I really wanted to be a pro and be be the best, I had to venture out, and and that's when, you know, I graduated high school and was able to go to California. And uh, do you
1: have any crazy story like like uh, De- or not Deegan? Uh, Feist stole his dad's car. Like that. <laughs> do you have any crazy story like that? Um, you know,
2: in, in the end, I did. To be honest, it's you know, I was probably 14, 15 years old, and I somehow talked my dad into let me go to California. And, you know, there's a guy races uh, pro that used to Jeff Emig. And he lived uh, down in Kansas City, and and I remember we drove out in his pickup truck to California, and and I was probably you know saying fifteen years old. And I remember it's right when uh, Guns and Roses' Appetite for Destruction album came out, <laughs> yeah. and I remember we listened to that like the whole way. And <laughs> and he dropped me off like on the side of the freeway. My my buddy picked me up in his in his car, like his truck. A kid I met at the races in, in uh, amateur nationals in the Midwest, and uh and I stayed at his house, and and I did this. Every year in the winters, just so I could ride and get better. Right. And, but I was, you know, kind of thrown into the scene in California. You know, a kid from Nebraska. It was like that's crazy. Which yeah. leads
1: me to my next question: yeah. What is the difference with the scenes? I mean, you come to, to to Southern California, which is pretty much like where all the industries are, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it's just a whole different world. I mean, it's pretty much it's a different world out here. Different culture. Yeah. You have access to a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. excess and. Uh, so what what was it like you coming from the small town and then showing up in this in this industry what what was going on what what were the changes that took place in your life
2: yeah you know I came out to California and it was you know going to Nebraska as a dirt biker no one really cared you know football was the thing and and right. so you know coming to California you know fast forward a little ahead to, you know 18 19 years old when I when I asked my dad if I could move to California when I graduated high school in Chase Chase being a pro in motocross and he said, All right, you know, we can do that and give it a run. If not, I'd, you know, probably go back home and go to college and yeah and do that. But I just knew I didn't want to go back. I wanted to make it and and uh but you get thrown into a world of Southern California, you know, pro motocrosser, uh it's a different game out, out here. It's not like, you know, Nebraska and a lot of things get thrown at you and come into a scene that was all about you know, there was there's some money and, and uh, you know, it was all is all kind of fast times really. You you had uh it's popularity of motocross. Like it's a big scene out here and and you know, you think of everything, all the influences and everything that come at you when you're you know, in a popular sport around thousands of people and and uh you know, it, it was going quick and, and yeah. I wasn't really used to that. You know, yeah. I didn't grow up around that stuff, so it it was different, but luckily, you know, on the first parts of racing, I really f- was so focused on winning that I didn't really want to drink a beer. I didn't really want to, yeah. you know, I didn't. I just like wanted to Be focus. Focused, yeah. yeah, I wanted to win. I wanted to win at racing, and, yeah. and, you know, and that was kind of my first. When I first came out, that kind of kept me focused on that. But definitely a different scene with in mean, Southern California. Everything's. You know a lot lot quicker moving faster and uh i mean a lot of a lot of influences, good and bad it's just part of part of the place
1: but you know what that just sounds like life yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it, is. It, it is it is it's...
2: right i mean if you you know everyone has has that at different levels yeah you know
1: but in these scenes you know you get access to a little bit a little bit more stuff yeah so there you are you know you're you're racing and stuff and what was, the, what was the next step? I mean, what, what even led into this whole metal militia thing? I mean, from what I know, I'm, I'm a skateboarder. I grew mm-hmm. up in the skateboarding stuff. And I, I rode dirt bikes, actually, when I was in first grade, second. I had a YZ50. Mm-hmm. And then I went to, like, a 60. And then during that time, they started building all the houses. So I just converted this back to skateboarding. Yeah. But – um you know I knew I always knew like I heard about the militia guys. Hey, these guys are a bunch of s- lunatics. My friend was a huge dirt biker. He showed me the crusty demons of dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know when Seth did that jump and split his head, and that's that was my introduction with Ryan Kreutzer and all right. those guys. and these they're all dirt bikers, a lot of my friends, and they were like out of their minds. Yeah. And you know, they they are like, dude, the militia, the militia, <laughs> these guys, and I watched and I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like, I like these kind of guys. I like hanging out with these dudes, you know what I mean? And so I always heard the stories and then yeah. um, I'd come. Cro- I'd cross paths with you guys when I'd be on skate tours at different places. Yeah. But um, how this whole thing even start? Art,
0: yeah,
2: yeah it really comes down to, you know, like I said, I came to California focused on winning in Supercross and, and I was able to go out and, and uh, win say I, I really trained really hard went out and won LA Coliseum Supercross I remember mm-hmm. the finish line I ghost rode my bike over the finish it was my first was that in San Francisco it was in uh, LA Coliseum and, and uh, it was a big you know a big moment for me and, and then a few races later a ride opened up at suzuki and i was like all right i'm gonna get it I, you know i'm a top three supercross kid privateer and i didn't get the ride and, and i and i really hit me it made me go you know it made me mad it made me angry made me turn and i was like uh oh, just instead of like sucking it up and being you know working the angles and being nice and maybe getting the ride i was kind of turned the other way you know mm-hmm. kind of was like you know mad at the industry and mad at everything, you know. And then I, and that's when I started doing tricks on dirt bikes with my buddies for fun. And Crusty uh, Demons of Dirt came out—the first movies that show what riders really do behind the scenes. Right. Because before they, all the riders used to do things behind the scenes, but they but, wouldn't show anyone. <laughs> because it's not good for corporate <laughs> it's sponsors. Not good for <laughs> sponsorships or the sport, right? Right. So Crusty Demons came out with showing what really happened. You know, the parties, all the stuff behind the scenes. And then uh, and then it escalated, and that kind of came from a snowboard skate area, a skate era of videos. Mm-hmm. And Moto took it on,
1: uh-huh. you know.
2: So and then it hit, and you had a few other video series come out, and then all of a sudden I started making money for just doing videos, and it was crazy because I'm like, man, I've never been paid before like this, like. And and then next thing you know, videos
1: as in just so f- people that are listening, free are riding, doing, freestyle motocross. They're out, in the, and, they're out in the in the hills, and yeah. they're just making these massive jumps, and they're just these gaps from like how many feet is the gap yeah
2: like, hundreds of feet like it was uh, you know a couple hundred foot jumps out in the hills they're videoing this videoing the big crashes uh right. you know uh huge jumps and it, it just got down to like video parts and then we never had that in our sport before it was always about racing and winning and you were a number uh this was more about a character and you know who who, who you were became like the, the value you had your character how crazy you were that's the more money you made you yeah, know you Jimmy, see right. sales it was it, and that was <laughs> no, Southern sense. California. Yeah. So then a sport builds called action sports, you know, mm-hmm. from this. It's like, okay, all these guys that are kind of rebelling against normal sports, the action sports starts in X Games, and, and we come in, and I'm like, all right, now now we have our crew of guys, you know, it's like, two or three guys it was like Twitch Feist you know a few of the guys like a little handful of dudes but,
1: but you guys I mean I seen some photos like you guys literally would be in all black <laughs> yeah. you guys had, took off your front fenders you guys would have spikes right? <laughs> yeah yeah we had
2: spikes and you know the bottom no line shirts, no like... shirts spikes and, and I was kind of like guar style. yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of like guar which at the do- time we, hey we listened you know it was yeah. heavy metal and, yeah. and uh, motocross and and, uh, and then the TV cameras were there it was X Games was ESPN it was you show up you know, as Travis Pastrana was the good guy at the time, and and we were the bad guys, and and uh, we we played the part, and it was real though behind the scenes, yeah, it, <laughs> it was all it, it, it was real though; it was yeah. not fake. Like we were really like going to jail, and really like getting <laughs> in trouble, and. And in the end, it built this whole image of of Metal Militia, and and it took off, you know. And that that was the first movement of but like Militia.
1: Militia wasn't a, was it a clothing company at that no, time? No, it, was it was just more of a movement of all the homies, yeah. right? It
2: was a group of guys, yeah. you know. It was when I when I can. Try to compare it to anything. It's probably like uh, Z Town, you know, and Dog mm-hmm, Boys, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, like with yeah, skate, where, yeah. where they had a crew and yeah. and they had a movement that they started, and, and uh, so that was it. And it was a group of guys. It was really not about any products at the time. It was yeah. just about our crew, just just tearing it up, and and, and action sports was about who was the craziest guy at the time. And, and for me, I came from a world of racing. Who was, who was in the best shape? Who trained the hardest? Who's gonna win this race? And then all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> whoa, you could party and make tons of money and, and you don't really yeah. have to train. And like, this is, whoa, this is different. And everything's thrown in your face. And that's when it started snowballing super quick. You out of, know? That's out of what, control. Out of control. Like, now, when did,
1: did, were you on the Vans warp Tour? Like when it, how that whole yeah. thing started? Were you there for the first one?
2: when it was like Eminem and and uh, yeah
1: but you but the
2: Militia you guys we were in it 99 ni- 98, 99 you guys got introduced right to right when it. it started and yeah. that helped blow it up oh the yeah whole, the War whole Tour, tour yeah, yeah yeah it was like Ice-T and Eminem like back in the day when it yeah, started that's yeah amazing. No, then it went to No Effects and and, uh, but yeah, that was a big part of our. Like, we created the first ramp to ramps. So we, we brought them to those shows and we started doing those tours. And you can imagine, you know, touring with bands and all the stuff there. It was yeah, like just a scene. Yeah. Girls we, all over the place yeah, and yeah.
0: just partying.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you think, and, and we weren't in the band. Like, we were actually action sport guys riding dirt bikes. You know, we were actually throwing down. And so for us, we were a little bit crazier than even the, the dudes in the band, so it was kind of like mm-hmm. we were taking things to another level. Like, you know, yes. like it was, it was pretty fun.
0: If I, you're tuning I, in right <laughs> now, this is live with Ryan Reese. We're here in studio with Brian Deegan, just kind of going over just his career, everything that took place. He's talking about coming out of Nebraska. That's where he, he was brought up and then just got... Um, experience with dirt bike riding and stuff and then would eventually come to California on a few trips and then would eventually move uh, to Southern California and just watching everything just kind of excel and things actually started to progress in such a way you know still competing staying focused for a while and, and his craft basically um, but then with Metal Militia and just the attention and just the, the scene and everything you know very um, things were going off they were going great But just like with anything else, you know, things can kind of get out of control after a while.
1: So you're making money, you're hooking up with chicks, you're you're drinking, you're doing your thing, just like that's what you do when you're not walking with God, and that happens. But then you had some near-death experiences. Yeah, for sure. Tell I mean, me about that.
2: I mean, at the end, yeah, you come out. Like I said, came out to California. Things are moving fast. Uh, action sports is growing. Imagine being on the forefront of, of of a movement like that, and everything was new. Whatever we did, that was the standard, you know. And so you know i it was, it was it was going crazy and then i you know was doing i was doing a show viva la bam right mm-hmm. so no at, at the first the first part was i was I was filming a commercial and i and i hit this jump and there was a big beta cam on a helicopter and they were trying to get closer and closer to me to get the shot and eventually they ran this helicopter into me and it hit the blade hit my helmet right like it hit my shoulder filleted my shoulder uh, and then the next blade hit my helmet right an inch b- above my neck, and, and I remember in the air just like I thought I was done. I thought the blade hit my neck, and I just remember going like I couldn't breathe, and mm. and I hit the ground and crash. And I look, and there's blood all over my arm. And I thought it was done, and and I and I look, I can see like my bone in my shoulder, and and I uh, and but I felt my neck, and it was okay. And I was like, oh, I just remember started praying. I was like, oh God, thank you. You know, it's like for whatever reason, <laughs> right. and I I didn't, you know, I grew up. You know, we went to church on Sundays, Catholic church, and this that. But really, I never had a true, real relationship with God. Yeah. So at this point, it, it was kind of like uh, funny how when when you, you get, get to that scared. point, when you get scared, you pray. You know, because right? hey. it's, it's what's natural. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, like I can say that now, but you know, there's
1: no atheists on their deathbed.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's uh yeah, you moment. know, you think about that. Yeah. it's true, and and uh, so I. I remember that scared me really bad and I remember dry going to the hospital that time going man what would have happened like if that would have hit my neck where would I be right now and it crossed my mind you know and I think that next week or two I went went to church went to harvest And, uh, I remember going forward on an altar call and, and I was like, all right, you know, I, it was coming to me, but then, you know, a few weeks later I was feeling good, kind (laughs) of back to my scene and doing my thing. And, and, you know, it was back to that. And so, you know, a few years went by Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then next thing, you know, I'm, I'm at viva La bam east coast doing a show where i had to backflip over bam while he was skating on a ramp and then guar was playing uh, just another band and then uh, i was supposed to backflip over him on my dirt bike and it was really really windy that day and and i just remember telling my buddies were there like ronnie feist and there was a few other of my buddies and i was like i don't think i should do it i was real nervous and i just got pressure from the tv crew which it happens all the time, you know, and and so in this in this industry and and I go and I'm like all right I'm just gonna do it so I go and backflip the wind catches me I go front in first into the jump I don't rotate the flip and the handlebars hit me right in the stomach blow up my kidney and my spleen and at that point I remember laying on the ground and, and it felt like someone like shot me in the stomach with a shotgun is mm-hmm. burning really right. bad and I just was asking for medics and there was no medics on scene, you know. I, of course, didn't no ask. Medics no scene. medics on the whole set, okay? Crazy. This That's is, like, in... crazy. And I'm like, I should have probably asked, right? I smell this. a lawsuit. Yeah, right? I know, I know. And that was, like, the last thing on my mind. Yeah, like, I know, at I this know. point, I'm just like, oh, please That's live. Crazy. And, and uh, once again, you know, I'm praying, like, please, God. And 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 uh, <laughs> Feist is there, my buddy Ronnie, and, and I just remember telling him, like, dude, I think I'm going to die, I think I'm going to die. And, and uh, my stomach started growing really big because it was bleeding inside oh, in my arms everything was turning yellow you know and oh, and uh goodness. the ambulance finally got there it's like 45 minutes later took me to the hospital and i remember on the way to the hospital i kept falling asleep or trying trying not to fall asleep and i remember chewing on my tongue and my lip just trying to stay awake i was like do not fall asleep and i got to the hospital no blood pressure you know the doctor's like all right emergency surgery we're going in we're gonna and i remember the doctor leaning over me going okay, I'm going to do everything we can. I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm going to go in and see what's wrong. And I just remember him leaning over me with, like, the mask, and, and he's like, is there anything you want to tell your family and this, wow. that? And I was like,
0: what? Whoa. You know, and I just
2: remember I was like, you know, just tell my I love them. And at this point, you know, I'm you know, i married to my wife, Marisa, and I had my, my daughter, Haley, who at the time was probably four years old. And,
0: yeah.
2: wow. and I remember just thinking of all this, like, picture my funeral, picturing you know, all the people, like, talking about it and the, being told, and the, and I'm like, no way, and I was just, and I just remember before I went under, I was like, please, God, I know that I've been bad, and all, you know, I've I've done t- way too many bad things uh, to even really mention, I go, at the end of the day, I'm like, please forgive me, I go, I will change, I will change my ways, like, please just let me live, and, and it's, it's hard to explain if you've never been in that situation, because it's different when you have when you have your life flash before your eyes. Things change. You get it gets real. Like yeah. it gets real. Like mm-hmm. you're like, oh man, what's gonna happen if I don't wake up? Where am I gonna be? It all's going through your head. And I was just remember praying and praying. And, and you know, luckily I had that few minutes there to pray. You yeah. know, imagine if you, you do yeah. <laughs> Some people don't get those few minutes. You know, you know I, I want to jump yeah. in here really quick.
1: Yeah. Just for the listeners, you know, you don't want to wait until you're in a place where you're dying to pray. Cause you just like, like Deacon said, he had that time, But there's people that you could just be driving down the highway and get hit by a car and just get smoked, and it's just a done deal. Or you're skating or you're surfing or riding and you hit your head. I mean, so easy, boom, and it's a done deal. You might not have that time. That's why it's so crucial and so important that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you don't wait. I'm going to give my life to him later because you don't know. The Bible says life's like a vapor of smoke. You're here today, gone tomorrow, and sometimes it just takes a second. Yep. it's crazy. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's at that moment. I mean, he's lucky. It felt like an eternity there, You know, I was like, "Oh, please, God!" And, and I was so, and I was so scared, and and uh, I just prayed and prayed. And then I remember going under, and I and, and then I remember waking up and having tubes coming out. You know, my mouth, my stomach. They cut me all the way down my whole stomach, and they did exploratory surgery, took all my organs out, and they said that I had a artery that was severed and at the end of the day they said you somehow a piece of your kidney got lodged in your artery and they go that's why you were able to to stay alive this whole time. That is insane. And it was like it was real like the doctor was telling me this and I was like man (laughs) you know like think (laughs) about it and and I just remember going thank you God like uh, I'm alive and I was so happy to be alive and and uh, by that point this is east coast by that point my wife was in the in the room with me my dad was in the room and they had they had to fly from California, you know. That's my surgery was twelve hours long, and yeah. and so and then you know I was in the hospital. I ended up going home, and but from that point on, you know, I made that commitment, and not to say it was easy. You know, I went back into in into my sport, you know, back into all the buddies that weren't Christians, and into the whole scene, and it was hard. You know, at the end of the day, it was so many ups and downs, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, it, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? You know, uh, like just praying God surround me with Christian people. And, you know, I, I've been, you know, it's been good. You know, my wife's family, they're, you know, Christian. And that's always been a, a yeah. good thing for me. And
1: that's, awesome. that's
2: helped me quite a bit. So at the end of the day, you know, I was able to I have a, you know, our Uncle Carmen's a, a pastor at Harvest, which has really helped. And so I had those pieces yeah. mm-hmm. that I could go to and that really helped carry along, but I was still in that industry, so yeah. it's still hard. You hard know? struggle. You yeah. know, I
0: was thinking, what you were talking about right now is so common for so many people. It's like, you kind of have that wake-up call for a minute. For some people, like, you, one of your first accidents, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, like, that could have been it. I got it, you know, you, you call out to God, and then, all right, I'm good. So you're still Once doing your thing. Yeah. You know, I remember having that happen before, getting in a car accident, spinning across on the freeway, and just like, Lord, like, I'll, I'll give you my heart, I'll give you my life, then the car stops. And then we're like, oh, we just go and party again. And I think so many people have those moments. Um, there was a story, I think Chuck used to say it all the time, about that kid that was like, start, like kid that kid that's starting to fall off the roof. And he's like, oh, God, save me, save me. And he's going off the roof, and then his pant leg gets caught on a nail. And he's like, oh, thank you, nail. Like, I'm good. And he just <laughs> moves on with his life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go like that. And another thing I find it interesting how what God has to do in our lives to humble us because this accident, I mean, you're like a pro. You know, you know your bike, you know the craft so much. Um, And sometimes God meets us in those areas where we think we're strong and we see, man, we're still weak, but we're frail. You know, I think of the disciples when they were on that Sea of Galilee, we know where that storm kicks up. A few of those guys on that boat were like legit fishermen. Like Mm -hmm. that was their craft. And that location, they knew everything about it. But they were taken to a place where it's like, we're gonna die, we're not gonna make it. And sometimes the Lord has to bring us to those places that we look up, and mm-hmm. you know, that happens in a lot of people's lives, even now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's good you say, you say that, and even to this day, you know, like i I not saying by far, no means am I perfect. Like, right. I, I, you know, for sure, I'm super rough. Wait,
1: you're not perfect.
2: Let's just say, hey, when, when I, yeah, right, when I committed to the, to, to Christ. And, but you know, at the end of the day, it didn't change me overnight, yeah. you right. know, and, and it it's took, it's took so much time just to get where I'm at now and where I'm at now is not nowhere even where I need to be, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I still struggle with all kinds of stuff, yep. you know, at the end of the day. And, and, and so, you know, it was not what a year or two ago I, I had from, from that surgery I had, um, it caused adhesions in my intestines, and I didn't know. You know, it was like couple, this was like uh, beginning of the season two years ago. And this point, and I started racing off road, so, you know, I did freestyle motocross and, Great, you know, fun career, a lot of ups and downs, too many injuries, so finally got to the point where I was, had to get into something safer, so I got into a race car, focused on that, and was able to win championships and off-road, and I'm, everything's going pretty good, but I'm still kind of like, you know, lukewarm Mm -hmm. at, you know, at the season, the season, the seasons that I have, you know, and, um, I, I, and then truck racing season started, and I was, you know, I was, w- I won the last championship. Going into the first race, and a week before the race, I'm like, my stomach started hurting really bad, and, and I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know what it was. And next thing you know, I'm on the ground, like I can't even move, mm-hmm. and I to the emergency room, and they they go in, they look, they look with X-rays, they're like, yeah, you have a small bowel obstruction, and and I'm like, what mm-hmm. is that? And, and at the end, they're like, your small intestines is closed, and I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, no food or fluid or nothing's going through that. And I'm like, okay, how do you fix it? They're like, well, we're going to have to cut you all the way back open and, and start, click, oh, like, basically cutting free your intestines. And oh, and okay. I'm like, dang. And, that, and that, that's from scar adhesions, you know, yeah. from, from handling your intestines from the surgeries before. Sorry if it's graphic, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's real. So uh, they, they, so anyway, I, I waited in the hospital till I finally got to the best guy who says I can go in with the robotic hands and we'll go in and do it real real clean and this will be a pretty easy procedure for us. Where the doctor before was like he just wanted to open everything back up and so so I was able to get it cleaned up, but it, it put me out of my season. You know, I, I laid there in the hospital bed when I should have been at my first races, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like showing me like, hey ain't that important right yeah. at the end of the day yeah. it's, so it's another like you know how many i don't even know how many championships at the end of the day you're kind of like hey there's another one another one at the end of the day i was kind of like laying in bed looking up going all right, right. <laughs> uh, like perspective some, change that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. We, yeah 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 it's kind of like a little reality check
1: we're, we're going to be going to break in in one minute we have brian deegan in studio and you know what sometimes god takes us he he uh he gets our attention you know, with these, with these, uh oh, for sure, with these storms, if you want to call them that, and uh, he has to slow us down so he could actually speak to us. I mean, I know that happens with me as well. That I'm, because I'm stubborn. I don't know if that if you are, but I'm stubborn. <laughs> yes. I'm So ahead. bad. And I'm, I'm really bad at it too. And so God will like I'll get hurt. You know, hurt. Like guy, now, I got knee surgery, and he just like does things like slow me down to speak to me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you kind of had that experience where he wanted to get your attention when we get back from break we will uh continue with brian deegan in two minutes
0: more live with ryan Reese coming um, up uh, Is
1: everything all right
0: sure. call now one 564 6173
1: or post your questions using the hashtag live ryan reese on his
0: instagram twitter or facebook uh, i think i speak for the entire administration when i say whoop-de-doo now back to live with ryan reese
1: Say, what Loud we are back. We got Brian Deegan in studio and I want to plug a couple things um, for you guys that have been listening. You know, this is, uh, my name is Ryan Reese. I run the whosoever's movement. We basically tour high schools for a living. We go to public high schools. We do a full concert for the kids in the quad right after school. And then we give a message about, um, just an encouraging message to live out the reason why they were created. And, you know, we know a lot of kids are struggling with uh, being, you know, bullied, suicide, addiction. They come from broken homes. Um, I mean, depression. There's so many different things that are happening with these kids. And uh, we just want to go in there and encourage them. Let them know that Jesus loves them and he has a plan for their life. And uh, it's going amazing. We're touring. God's opening doors. I mean, we got kids that were suicidal that are not suicidal. Mm. Kids that were addicted to drugs that are not addicted to drugs. Kids that were atheists that are now... Christians. So God is working. And if you're interested in supporting the movement, you can go to the whosoevers.com and uh, you can donate, you know, whatever, whatever you want to donate would be sick. It just allows us a hundred percent to go to high schools. And we even got this monthly giving program. It's like 10 bucks a month or deduct. It's like two Starbucks a month. If you go to Starbucks and you could be a part of this uh, movement. And also I just released a, it's a six disc CD collection. It's called get fired up. Basically, I've been teaching for about three years now, and I grabbed the, these five discs. Plus, I have my I am uh, second who's uh, my I am second uh, film on there as well. But I selected five discs um, that will fire you up in your walk. You know, maybe you're a brand new Christian. Maybe you just gave your life to the Lord. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you've been a Christian for like a million years, but you just don't got that fire in you. This this collection will guarantee strike some nerves, and it will get you fired up. You can get that also at Ryan Reese. So, yeah,
0: sounds sick.
1: All right, Deegan. So, last time, right before the break, you were in bed at the hospital with issues in your stomach. Tell us about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as you know, before the season started, I ended up having to get back to the hospital to have surgery. And and, uh, it was, you know, another moment where it really. It really wakes you up, and then you kind of notice. You're like, "Who who really is coming to see me? Like, who is really even cares at this right. point?" You know, and, and it comes down to yeah, you got you know, really, it's your your family, your you know, your loved ones, uh, you know, the guys from the church. Yeah. And that's one of my points too. I think, you know, there was a point in my life where I where I was you know angry and I was kind of against everything and everyone, and and uh, at that point. I didn't really know how or where to turn to, like, you know, and, and that's the one thing I've noticed over time with, with the church and, and Christianity is there there's always people there with the same problems, the same struggles, and, and that's the guys who do want to help you, you know, at the end of the day and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm too cool for that or or I just feel uncomfortable, I don't really want to go in there. You know, for me, I, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, I have to grow and uh, like you know, my brother-in-law brought me to say to Sandals Church. You know that was where I went to in Riverside, or, and I really clicked there. And I went to a men's study in there, and, and they invited me to a men's study of my brother-in-law, and I was like... Tell us about this experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I'm going to go to a men's study. Because it's in
1: your neighborhood a- area, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's close. It's fairly close. People know close. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah. It's right in the yeah the world that we ride dirt bikes right. in, you know? And, so
1: and it I was could be like, intimidating.
2: A little bit. And I was like, all right, well, let's, you know, so I go, and, and I show up, and, you know, it's all... The older men, really, just hanging out, like probably eight guys. It's a pretty intimate deal, and yeah. and I sit down and I'm like a little uncomfortable, but I was like, man, everyone was pretty cool, and no one really knew who I was, which was kind of cool at one, you know, a yeah. little bit. But I'm used to people kind of knowing who I am in the, in our little industry world here mm-hmm. of Southern California, which sometimes brings comfort, right? Because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you, you kind of. Treat you a little different, or whatever reason, and I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. And we sat, you know, we sat down and we, we, you know, we read through the Bible, we prayed together, and then we talked about really our issues, and we all kind of had the same issues. You know, it didn't matter if this dude was 20 years old to to 60 years old. You know, there, you know, he had his moments with his wife, he had his, you know, moments with his kids that were a struggle, and and it's like. All right, cool. Yeah, so do I. You know, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day this is you can kinda shoot it back and forth and talk to each other about it. And it really helped me grow. And at the end of the day I I I really Left there, going, man, it really helped me grow as a Christian. And like it says, you know, iron sharpens iron, and yep. which means really you just surround yourself with other Christians, and you and you grow. Mm-hmm. And and so for me at that men's group, but the problem is, at one point the men's group just ended after three months because that was its cycle or whatever. And I kind of like was all right now what? And I kind of <laughs> you know wandered again, and and, and it happened, you know. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, when you gave your life to the Lord for the first time. You were, you weren't plugged in. You kind of fell out, mm-hmm. and then what happens? Just like you, me, anyone that gets unplugged from the iron sharpening iron, you basically just go back to your old ways.
0: Very easy. So
1: yeah. if you are trying to walk with the Lord, people that are listening, you got to get plugged into a church. There's addiction groups if you're dealing with addiction. I mean, hey, if you're in, if your marriage is in shambles. They have groups for that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And then if you just want to go to a men's group and, and talk about men's stuff, they got groups for that. Then they got the the church services that are on Sunday and Wednesday. You could bring your whole family to. But it's so important that you're plugged in because when you're plugged in, like Deegan said, is you're you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're learning the stories, and the the Word of God is sharper than a two edged sword. It's it literally exposes our innermost parts and it starts transforming us. It's the DNA of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible is. It's God's. Word. So as you're learning about it, your life starts transforming. But if you're trying to be a Christian and dig and you can relate to this, you know, so if you're if you want to be a dirt biker and you're, you know, you don't look at the magazines, you don't know the, the video parts, you don't know the writers and you and you don't even say you don't even have a bike or maybe you have a bike, but you don't ride it. Like, what are you? You're a poser. You know, you're like well, you're posing. You can put it on Instagram and get away with it if you want, if, unless people know you. But in the same way, that goes for our Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yep. If we call ourselves a Christian, but we're not reading the Bible, we don't know what it says. We're not plugged yeah. into church. Mm-hmm. We don't have these these you know fellowship, the teaching, the prayer. Yep. We have all these all these things that what Christianity is. Then, and we just have a Bible that sits on our table. Well, we're but, posers because yeah. we don't know. We don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm you, a Christian, man. I said the prayer.
2: Yeah, and you're gonna want to spend eternity with Jesus,
1: right. and you yep. don't
2: read this word. Exactly. And I'm not
1: saying I'm perfect about right. that at yep.
2: all. But at the end of the day, think about it. You better know what. you're Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it is not to get off on a whole another tangent, but in the, in the in the end of the day, you look at. You ever take the time to just look around and go, man, what created all this? Exactly. And, and, and the, the way I can put it, and I've looked into it, because I'm like, hmm, was it God? Was it this Big Bang theory? What, what was it? So I looked into it, and, and I and I studied some different stuff, and in the end, I just came down to the, the theory of something can't come from nothing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so think about it, how how did this whole whole universe come from nothing? Right. It couldn't. Someone had to create it at the right. end of the day and it and we can't wrap our minds around it. And we're not probably supposed to really at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day it's God's creation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you really look around, besides what we have forced into people's mind through, you know, T V and mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. that now, look at God's creations if yeah. you really wanna see it and tell me that it just came by chance you know yeah. there's no way like, there's, the of the there's day.
0: a scripture that solomon wisest guy on earth ever um other than jesus that walked the earth it said that god has written eternity in the hearts of men that always stuck to me it's like ever since we were young kids you know, like you have those moments where you're like there has to be something more than life than just this the day in and day out stuff but we get caught up in the world the world goes fast we come into our scenes and everything and what Satan does a lot of times is he blinds our eyes of that reality, but we do have glimpses of like looking up. We have those moments in our life where we get humbled, you know, your accidents. Mm-hmm. And what you were just saying a little bit ago is uh, you're dealing with this another surgery again. It's like perspective. You say, no, why do these people come out to see me or do these people really care? And then you start looking at what really matters. Well. My relationship with God matters. My family matters. These people that are down for me in my life matters, you know, because a lot of times, and this is important too with people today, we were talking about this in the beginning of social media, Mm -hmm. people feel like they need to put on this front and facade of who they are and they're putting on a thing that people are just doing their own life anyway. (laughs) You know, they're not so wrapped (laughs) up in you, you know, you might entertain them for like 10, 20 seconds, but is there anything that's lasting of that in your life you have to do inventory in your own life mm-hmm. what does matter in my life and that that's a very important part because it's so easy to get caught up in in the reality dude it is spending time with the lord it's like galatians we were talking about this the other day i taught it where it's like uh what a man sows you're going to reap what you feed the most is going to be strong in you and it is a struggle for all of us i'm a pastor now but i come from a background of drugs and alcohol i remember those moments of going to a church for the first time i felt awkward Mm-hmm. Talking with people, I'm like my crew was like a fast paced crew, and you know, coming off meth and everything, I didn't feel like anybody could connect with me or relate. But I had the same kind of stuff that you were saying. Like when you're starting to be shoulder to shoulder with people, you're like, "Man, these guys have been through some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. gnarly stuff, drug addiction, you know, marriage issues, you know," because Satan wants us think in our mind that you have to get yourself perfect, then you start going to church. That's no. Jesus says, "I came to." call the unrighteous to repentance, right? Like the, those that are sick and that's us. And God is with us in this process. He's long suffering. He's patient with us. And it's an amazing thing that even alive, like God's you know, I'm, spared your life in a lot of ways. Too. I'm going
1: to pick up what you said. You said that people think they have to get perfect before they come to church. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got to quit smoking weed first. Right. Or I got to stop doing this. You will never be able to stop doing any of that stuff because habits are hard to break. You come with those issues I mean, I, I've had people come into church and be like, hey man, you know, I'm high and drunk right now. And I'm like, sick, you're a church. Like, perfect. Keep coming to church. He's like, really? It's cool. I'm like, dude, I can care less. And then yeah. about uh, two months later, he's like, hey man, he's like, I don't I don't drink anymore. He's like, I just smoke weed. You know, but I'm high right now. I'm like, sick, keep on coming, dude. And then another couple months go by, and then just, next thing you know, he's like, dude, I'm sober now. And it was a process. Yeah, right. He was for coming sure. drunk and high yeah. to get just so he could get into church yeah. for the first two months. Then he was just coming high and then finally God did that work and that's the way it that's the way God works in our life. It, Absolutely. You don't have to get cleaned up. You didn't get cleaned yep. up. He God started cleaning you up slowly but surely. But let's 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 go back in into this uh to this discipleship. So you're uh, cuz you know I know there's a lot of listeners that are that are trying to figure out how to get plugged in and to stay on course. Yeah. And I've seen your life in the past, and I see where you're at now. You're on course. You were going to this discipleship thing, then it broke up. So then, what was a what was the process? So you didn't get, uh, you know, so you didn't uh, end up back where you were. What, what was the next step? What yeah, you
2: do? I really had to just keep searching to get plugged into. We we had a good church in Temecula. It, it got broken up, and everyone kind of scattered. You could see the devil at work. Mm. If you've ever. Like really tried to say say you're messing up and you want to make this movement to go to church or you want you're going to listen to a podcast about you know Christianity which is uh, you know you can listen to some sermons online you can just look that up and look at all the distractions that happen on your way just pay attention to it okay like on tell your phone me that, or everything <laughs> imagine dude, I I do when I remember I would try to take the family to church or try to go to church and there'd be so many distractions yeah, oh I got to do this Call me oh no you got to come here for this. Or, or you know, whatever gets in your way. It's the true. devil's works mm-hmm. over time. Okay, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, it's real. Like, like I, I see it. So, uh, for me, I was able to find growth in the podcast. Of you know, I I, I searched. From the most major podcasts, you know, from the from say the Greg Lauries to you know Mm -hmm. to where I found was you know sandals, which was a local church to me Mm -hmm. that has a thing called the debrief on. uh, They have it on. I think they've. They shoot it on Tuesday, Wednesday night, but it's on. You can you can go to their archives and, and you just pick one and listen to it. And, and it just started like a year ago, and I've listened to all of them, and it's once a week. It's like 30, 40 minutes long. It educates you, yeah. and, and, and it's real. For me, that's what I found. And, and, and you don't have to go, well, maybe I'll hit church on a Sunday. You, I mean, you have a phone now right. throw it throw it in if you're in your car driving next time You're listening to music think what, what am I learning right now? That's that's <laughs> me though yeah. zero, okay? Yeah. I'm letting the world teach me who they want me to be right now. Yeah. let's be smarter than that Okay, yeah. let's let's grow on the real word of God in and the in and the, the Bible's it's it's the truth. Yeah It's the truth. There's nothing about it that's fake. And so in the end, when you're listening to these sermons from these strong pastors that have big followings because God's feeding them, that's real. And you can learn from that. And it's only going to make you a better person. In the end, a man's the leader of the home. You go out and say, okay, my family's not into it. Okay, you be into it okay Mm -hmm. watch them follow and and there's women out there too oh my husband's this that he's you know he's not a good guy they say once you you go to church okay Mm -hmm. soon soon you won't want to argue with them as much and you won't want to do this as much and he's gonna go whoa what's that change she's got going there i kind of want to see what that is in the end i think it's leading by example and taking that step and you're gonna be welcome you walk into any church and you say hey i got i want to talk to a counselor i want to talk to anyone they're gonna set you on the right track they're gonna put you with someone that's just like you, and you're going to sit down and learn. Trust me, you're not going to leave disappointed. Yep. In the end, that's just the facts. That's how it is. So it, true.
0: It, and, you know, it, with, with discipleship, you know, it, the root word is connected to discipline, too. And, and discipline, it's crazy how we can discipline ourselves on a lot of things. Athletes, for sure. You know, uh, Olympic athletes or any kind of sports, action sports and football, baseball, all this stuff. To make it, you have to discipline yourself. A lot of times, it's a diet. A lot of times, it's training all the time, physically getting a mindset in. You're focused. You're dedicated to a party guy. Always bring this up. You you do drugs. Y'all go like you're focused. Like you are 007 when it comes to getting high and doing your thing. But yep. you know in the Roman, right Romans seven, <laughs> Romans six it says. Um, you know, just like you used to present your s- bodies as slaves to unrighteousness, living like for the world, now serve the things of the Lord to that same capacity. And if we can get our mindset, like a discipline, like D- I'm going to serve God in my life, like I served the world for so many years. And like you were saying right now, the benefits, dude, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. The right. other side, were the prophets, man. Jacked up stomach a lot of times, you know, <laughs> yeah. hangovers, troubles in your marriage, trouble with, you know, yeah. DUIs. All that kind of stuff nothing comes, but from chaos comes chaos, to, chaos. Listen, you guys. <laughs> chaos. Nothing
1: but chaos comes out of a life when you're not walking with God. Yeah. Seriously, like, I mean, I look back, I mean, we could all look back at our lives, just everyone in this room, I don't know about you because I haven't, you know, yeah, crazy, crazy man over here, okay. <laughs> well, we could all look back at our lives and literally nothing but chaos. But then once we've all given our lives to the Lord... It's like that saying, you know, reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. I think that Mm verse—it's a verse. You reap what you sow. You start reaping the good things. You get plugged into church, put Lord, the Lord of make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you start reaping good things. I mean, I look at you know, we have a couple minutes left. I think we have like ten minutes left, but you know, I've seen the transformation in your life, Deegan, and now you have these kids, and you're you're pouring into your kids. They're racing. Tell us a little bit about you're a father. You know, you're a husband. You're a believer. You're a motivator. Tell tell us about what what's going on.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know, I've been married now for what 13, 14 years. That's I mean, and I'd be honest. I when we first got married, I was like, I don't know how long this is gonna last. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, right in right in the whole you know scene of scene of uh, action sports and everything we did. I mean, it was it's tough at the end of the day. You know, it's so you know I was always able to turn to God and. and christianity which is always was this was the foundation mm-hmm. and, and then i was able you know luckily you know i was blessed with having a daughter and my daughter had a just a, such an easygoing personality luckily after my first kid was easygoing going <laughs> because you know he didn't need to add anything to, yeah. the, to the drama and then uh i had my son you know four years later and he you know he grew up and, you know, I just loved dirt bikes, and that starts snowballing. And and, uh, and then I had my other son another four years later, uh, and he's into dirt bikes, and he's kind of more just having fun. But you know, uh, my middle middle one who raced in motocross, you know, national champion. Best best in, you know, in the nation at Motocross and, and you know, which was the coolest thing when we go to a prayer service at the races, you know, he got up and, and led the prayer at one oh, time so. and I was like, That by far was the coolest thing yeah. I've seen him do. He's won a lot of stuff and then the day you want to be a proud dad, but at the end of the day I was like, All right. So so he you feel like, all right, at least he's getting a piece. He's getting a yeah. piece of like having a foundation and and possibly leading Something that's you know gonna be a good life and mm-hmm. you just without any of that. It's just man It's just it's gonna be tough for him, you know mm-hmm. and, and so and then my daughter, you know, is moving into NASCAR now no Which way. is great, you know, she she's on her way. She's an awesome driver and uh 15 years old and so you know that those ages are coming, you know right. all the other stuff that comes with that right yeah. And and, and uh, you know, the thing I like about NASCAR, it's East Coast. So we go be racing there a lot uh, in Charlotte. And, and it's still back there. It's still kind of like uh, old school, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like Bible Beltish, mm-hmm. and And so it makes it a little easier, but it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're still in the race community. So, uh, but overall, the, all the kids are doing good. Like I've been, you know, I always just pray in the end that they're healthy, right? Because, yeah. you know, I, I've been to... Been to the hospitals with you know with the children that are suffering you know with diseases and, and yeah. have had done stuff with kids like that and you just go man you just mm-hmm. like you pray and you're like ah oh, it just right. may you know you just it just tears your heart out and uh so in the end I'm just like you know super thankful they're all healthy and 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 uh, doing good you know
1: yeah like the make a wish kids huh? yeah yeah which
2: yeah we do we do stuff with make-a-wish and you know, the kids come out, and, and uh, it's just, and you see the, the those struggles, and you're like, man, you, you think you have, like, a bad day? You're like, yeah, man, you're what like, is no, my bad dude. day, really? Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, for me, I've had days, I used to get angry a lot, you know, like, during the day, little things that just make me mad all day, you know, and, and then I kind of got to the point where, even let's say, like, if it's an argument with your wife or whatever, and you're kind of like, you get mad. And you're mm-hmm. like, anymore, I just laugh. I'm like, dude, I ain't even getting mad. Like, I ain't letting someone, like you know, I ain't like, you, yeah. you, you get on the phone, it's a sponsor, it's a, you know, whoever is like, it goes wrong or whatever the deal is. And you're like, I ain't letting them steal my happiness today. Yeah. Like, I just, I try to click and change like that. It's not easy, but. You know, I say, like, God, just take could, it away, you, you know?
1: Could, you could carry that stuff, though. Yeah. Pe- you people start getting easy. bitter and angry, and yeah. then they, they just got that chip on their shoulder. Chip
2: on the shoulder, and it gets you, no- I've been there. I've no been nowhere. the guy with the chip on my shoulder. It gets you nowhere, you know? Short fuse yeah. and
0: just a mess, you know? Yeah. You must trip out, I mean, just kind of going through your whole story, how how all this has taken place, you know, coming from Nebraska and where everything, where Metal Militia went in your own personal life and, you know, success, success on all these different levels. And now to be able, you know, your life has spared some gnarly accidents. And then, you know, you're walking with the Lord and gone through different uh, phases in your life. And then where you're at now, you know, you guys are talking about your kids right now, and, and both of, you know, you have three kids, right? Yep. And two of them are, are racing and everything. I mean, you must trip out of, like, because to me, I, I'm a, I'm a father. I have three kids. My kids yep. are still young, seven, six, and, and two. And I think to myself a lot of times, like, what am I leaving behind? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, legacy yeah. and heritage. And you, you know, it's not about the financial stuff. It's about, like... What do you, what are the my kids gonna say to, about me when when I die or when when I pass? What am mm-hmm. I instilling in them? And yeah. I think the the coolest thing of you know encouraging a relationship with the Lord, but also pursuing their dreams, yeah. right, and, and giving them vision because that's it. Like you know, doing ministry and, and living the, the Christian life. It's not just being a pastor. It's not just being in the in the mission field a lot of times. It's fulfilling what God has for you. Dude, being an athlete, walking with God, you can impact so many people's lives, you know. For sure. And, and for your children to have this opportunity and where you're at right now, I'm sure, yeah, you trip out, you you get perspective, like, wow, like through all this, as crazy a lifestyle you live for so many years and you you know, and God's mercy upon our lives, to see where your children are now, where you are, where your marriage is going, um mm-hmm. Must be a cool thing.
2: Yeah, I, I could have. Like, if you would have asked me like, 20 years ago, <laughs> <Right. I'd laughs> I honestly didn't think I was gonna live past 40. That was kind of like my status too. when mm-hmm. I was younger. I'm like, man, I'm going for it. I don't even care. <laughs> you know, like I'm, you know, I'm gonna be the next craziest dude on a dirt bike, and whatever happens, happens. You know. Yeah. And then now I'm like, man, I I don't want to go because I want to <laughs> yeah. see my kids <laughs> yeah. grow up. Yeah. That's right. my main thing. Like, yeah. hey, if, if I if I was gone tomorrow. I could say I, I live ten lives. Ten mm-hmm. lives of ten men. I'm satisfied with what I've done. I'm mm-hmm. good. But at the end of the day, I can't. Like I'm like man. I want to see my kids grow For up. sure. You know, I want to mm-hmm. see them. You know, I have. You know, when they be, have grand. When I have grandkids, all that, all yeah, that you system. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's all changes. Is you know, as you see perspective in life, well, what's so, really important. But you know, that, well, know. that's
1: the whole thing. When you're young, we don't. You don't think like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And all these. Yeah, yeah. People that are yeah. doing these crazy things, like when we were young, Yeah, you guys, like, God has a plan for you. Don't yeah. go down this route of, of making all these mistakes. You're, you're young. You're not thinking of the future. I mean, life, you want to live it to the fullest. Yeah. You know, you want many years ahead of you. And, you know, I know we're going to end here, but um, you also started this new company called Deegan 38. Yep. We got, like, two minutes. What, what What's it all about?
2: Yeah, so the Deegan 38 brand was—I was, went out and was building a tire line. Since I race off-road trucks now, I did a tire line with Mickey Thompson Tires, and, you know, just—it's cool. It's tires for trucks and Jeeps, and then now we have all-terrains, and it's just a different way of me kind of going to a more, like, uh, you know, mainstream family business. and. Yeah. You know, and the thing was like, my past with, say, the militia and all the other stuff, and I, and there's points when I said, oh, I'm just going to turn my back. I'm just going to head to the woods and raise my family in the, in the woods, and I'm <laughs> yeah. over this whole thing, yeah. you know. I've had those thoughts, and I was like, right. you know what? That's not what God wants. Yeah. You know, he wants the lamp to shine, you know, exactly. and at the end of the day, I'm like— maybe there's a chance for me to kind of reach some of those dudes that were like me when I was younger, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a reason for that. And and I feel like I wish I could have made these moves when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know? I think I went through a lot of things that, that I wish I would not have, <laughs> you know, if I would have made dis- better yeah. decisions when I was younger. But hey, you know, that's... But you so know what's rad goes. is
1: God's completely restored and he's doing big things yeah. with you. And you know what? You are, like, shining. Yeah, And uh you have a massive platform. Uh Brian Deegan, what is it, Deegan thirty eight on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. And Twitter yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you do have a massive uh, uh following from the old days and yeah. even the new day. I think you have a you know, you have a, the biggest platform you've ever had yeah, at this point in your life. Sure. Yeah. And you're doing it for God. Yeah. And people, you know, the best study you could ever give is just your life. Right. People could just see your life and you know, Sean and yeah. I, we we met you years ago and we got the hang out and have cool conversations with you. And dude, thanks a lot for opening the door for us to come out and yeah. hang out with you and, and encourage you. You've encouraged us because just <laughs> seeing how you've been changing, you know, and saying how your family and everything's just yeah. doing good. And, it's awesome, yeah, man.
2: yeah no thanks for sure I mean you guys have always been by my side mm-hmm. and been known each other a long time you yeah, know have, actually and, and it's cool because I could always call you guys any time of the day or night and that's part of being having the, the brothers you know and, right. and uh, standing by each other and, and I just think that's uh, I mean something people have to have to search out and, and get a part of it you know well cool. thanks for being on the yeah.
1: show we'll catch you guys next week peace later
2: this has been live with Ryan Race. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com.
0: Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.